You're listening to the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated G for general audience. And now, Decoder Ring Theater presents the continuing adventures of Canada's greatest superhero, that scourge of the underworld, hunter of those who prey upon the innocent, that marvelous masked mystery man known only as the Red Panda! The Red Panda, mysterious crusader for justice, hides his true identity as one of the city's wealthiest men in his never-ending battle against crime and corruption. Only his trusty driver, Kit Baxter, who joins him in his quest in the guise of the Flying Squirrel, knows who wears the mask of the Red Panda. This episode, Death Danced at Midnight. Hello. Edna, is everything all right? No, but it's quite late. I just thought, how am I? Oh, I see. You've been reading The Sentinel, haven't you? Mm-hmm. No, The Sentinel is a fine newspaper. Until it starts printing ghost stories, that is. <laughs> Edna. Edna, please. Now, I appreciate the concern, dear, but your little brother's been looking after himself for quite a few years now. Oh, it's all hogwash, I tell you. Yes, I know two people have been hung, but people do that sort of thing all the time, Edna. It just doesn't make the papers. Yes, I know. I know, Edna. But just because the coroner said both died at the stroke of midnight... Yes, dear. I know I served on a jury with both of them, but that doesn't mean... Edna, please, I'm telling you, there's nothing to worry about. There's no such thing as ghosts, and if there were, I'm sure they'd have better things to do than seek revenge from the jury that condemned them. Now, those two deaths were more than a week apart. Are you going to call every night at ten to twelve? Because it is a joke, Edna, can't you see? Now, I want you to promise me you'll forget about the boogeyman and stop reading the Sentinel until they pick up some other ridiculous ploy to sell papers. Edna? Edna? Hello. Hello, operator. Operator, we were cut off. Hello? Strange. The line's gone dead. (laughs) Who's that? Who's there? It's been a long time, O'Brien. Who are you? What do you want? More than a year now. A year since Will Holland was given the noose by a jury of his peers. A jury on which you served, O'Brien. Step out of the shadows. You didn't come to the hanging, O'Brien. No stomach for it. Or did your conscience bother you? Will Holland was a murderer. He got what he deserved. I suppose he did. Sooner or later, we all get what we deserve one way or another. I've had enough of this. Show your face, you coward. Very well. No. No! It it can't be! (laughs) It can't be you! I'm afraid so, Mr. O'Brien. Perhaps now you understand. I'm afraid tomorrow's papers will carry yet another ghost story. The ghost of Will Holland strikes again! No! No! 
Juror Hung. The ghost of Will Holland strikes again. Gee, boss, maybe there's something to this Holland case after all. Will Holland is dead, Kit. He was executed for his crimes a year ago. Don't tell me, tell him. I can understand the Sentinel running these kind of headlines. Their job is to sell newspapers. You and I should keep a more scientific approach. We've seen some pretty crazy things. Why not a vengeful ghost? When we've eliminated every other possibility, Kit, then I'll call in an exorcist. In the meantime, I suggest a more corporeal angle. What do we know so far? Not a lot. The rope each man was hung with is a common type, which can be purchased anywhere. Each juror died more or less at midnight, but the first two crimes were nine days apart, and then only four days passed before James O'Brien was killed, so there's no clear pattern there. What about the victims? Has a pattern emerged? Not that I can tell. If we assume that the ghost was... <clears throat> right. If we assume that the killer whomever or whatever that may be... Thank you. ...is in fact planning on killing the entire Holland jury, then he, she, or it isn't doing it alphabetically. Or in ascending or descending order of age, weight, height. Well, geography doesn't appear to have been a consideration. The dead men lived nowhere near one another. Police haven't been able to turn up any witnesses that saw a person or a suspicious vehicle. It's all coming up goose eggs so far. Had our three victims distinguished themselves in any way during the trial? Not as far as I can tell. None of them was a foreman. They don't appear to have been in any way unique. The only things that they have in common is that they were all on Will Holland's jury, and their current address is a city morgue. Did you turn up anything there? Nothing. And Bert was even more nervous than usual that I was there. Apparently, Chief O'Malley thinks this is the sort of case we'd be interested in. He's put the entire force on high alert with orders to bring in the Red Panda by any means necessary. That man would get so much more done in a day if he'd just get it through his thick head that we're the good guys. Like what? Like protect the other jurors is what? How do you protect nine people from a killer that could strike today or next week or next year? As long as it's at midnight. That's another thing. He's been so careful to avoid any sort of pattern which could make him easier to catch. Why keep killing at midnight? Didn't Will Holland always strike at midnight? Don't you remember the case? I wasn't a flying squirrel then, remember? I was just your sweet little driver, pretending I didn't know your secret, and smiling at the ridiculous excuses you used to come up with for being driven to crime scenes in the middle of the <clears throat> night. Kit Baxter... Behave yourself. Yes, boss. Will Holland had many patterns. His victims were all strangled, all between the ages of 20 and 25, all blonde. <laughs> Who says they have more fun? But they were killed between the hours of 11 and 4. It was the press that dubbed him the Midnight Murderer. Alliteration sells papers. So I hear, marvelous masked mystery man. That gives me an idea. Me too. That writer from the Sentinel, what's his name? Mmm... Don Garnet. I don't know him. Uh, he covered the Holland case and the trial. Front page stuff every day for months. He even left the paper to write a book on the case, but uh, apparently he fell on hard times personally. Well, he's back at the paper now. Yes, the Sentinel brought him back because no one knows more about Will Holland than him. With Chief O'Malley chasing our tails on this one, it might be a good idea to investigate from another angle. Maybe Garnet can help us fill in some of the gaps. Mm, but we've already got contacts at the Sentinel. Bailey and Peters. Don't know the material half as well as Don Garnet. If we're to prevent another murder from taking place, we need every advantage available. 
Mr. Garnet is about to receive a visit from the Red Panda. Here, we can talk without interruption. I can't tell you how exciting this is. Costumed crime fighters have never really been my line. When I was a cub reporter, I caught a glimpse of the masked phantom once. Whatever happened to him? I couldn't say. I wasn't in the business then. Of course, what was I thinking? I just thought... Never mind, I'm rambling. Uh, Oh, a cigarette? No, thank you. Mind if I do? There you are, Longs. My what? Oh, (laughs) of course. Very amusing, Miss Squirrel. Uh, Tell me, how does an attractive young lady like yourself get into this line of work? Are you in the big fella... Mr. Garnet! I don't mean to be rude, it's just an area of which the average Sentinel reader has a great deal of interest and very little information. I thought perhaps a feature article... Mr. Garnet, we are not the mystery to be solved here. Uh, Of course, of course, forgive me. I've often looked on with envy at my colleagues who seem to have a scoop on every story with a crazed supervillain, a masked hero, a daring rescue. It's all terribly good copy. I'm sure. Naturally, I'm eager to be of any help I can. Particularly if it fosters that sort of mutual exchange of information. I'm just re-establishing myself here at the paper, after all. Yes, I'd gathered it's been a difficult year. The last few years have been tough for a lot of people. It's sure no time to go looking for a book contract, I'll tell you that. I spent most of that year working on this file. Trial notes, interviews of witnesses, detectives, anyone involved in the Holland case. I'm sure there must be something in here to help you. I hope so, Mr. Garnet. If we can stop this fiend, I'm sure we can come to some arrangement of professional courtesy, like that we have with Bailey and Peters. But there are certain rules. Of course. They're for your protection as well as ours. Jack Peters was already kidnapped once because someone got it in their heads he knew more about us than he did. Yes, I read that in the Sentinel. You rescued him, of course. We'd rather not make a habit of it. This is how it works. When aiding us with a specific case, we are never to be mentioned during an investigation unless we specifically instruct you otherwise. Of course. From time to time, we may need to plant certain information in the dailies. This information is generally true, but often not terribly interesting to the average reader, and must always be attributed to unnamed sources. Reporters who help us get this information out will be rewarded with the advanced story. Wonderful. You must be careful to maintain a certain distance between yourself and us in print. The police aren't much more wild about us than the underworld. I understand. The rest of the time, you are free to write what you like. (laughs) We took our reviews too personally. We never speak to anybody. That's all more than fair. Uh, Now, please, how can I help you? Here are my complete files from the trial itself. Oh, (laughs) have a seat. Uh, Follow-up interviews are in these files here. Um, Oh, I might have some coffee. Would you care for some? If you're making some. That's very kind. This material is very thorough, Mr. Garnet. Oh, please, call me Don. Uh, Yes, Red Panda, the Holland case was the kind of story that brings out the best in a reporter. The human face of the tragedy, a seemingly ordinary man who did unspeakable things through his own twisted logic. Not to mention a city on the verge of panic, hungry for any scrap of real news that could be found. It was my finest hour. That's what makes me so sure there's a book in all of it. Someday, Don. Perhaps, Miss Squirrel. Oh, uh, here's your coffee. Well, thank you. For now, it's enough to have another chance of being a newspaper man. Uh, Red Panda? Hmm? Oh, thank you. You seem quite absorbed in those courtroom sketches. Yes, they're very good. Who did them? I did. My goodness. You're a man of many talents. <laughs> I also do a mean Lindy Hop, but I don't want to make your boyfriend jealous. <laughs> oh, Don, you're terrible. Isn't he, Red Panda? Hmm? Uh, Yes, it's very good coffee, thank you. This picture of the jury, 
Can you identify the victims of this new killer? You mean the ghost? Oh, <laughs> I beg your pardon, Red Panda. Your job is thwarting evil. Mine is selling papers. <laughs> Let me see. Um, uh, yes, yes, the first victim, Mr. Bryson, is here in the front row closest to the gallery. Uh, Moore, the second victim, is seated uh, immediately behind him. And uh, James O'Brien is just there on Mr. Bryson's right. Hello. That's right, Squirrel. Am I missing something? We've been racking our brains looking for a pattern to help us predict whom the next victim would be. It looks like our killer made himself a list while sitting on this sort of angle from the spectator gallery during the trial. Will that help us find him? Perhaps, but it tells us to concentrate our efforts on protecting this man seated behind James O'Brien. Who is he? Uh, Owen Bishop. My goodness, such a nice man. I've got notes from our interviews here somewhere. No time, Don. It's 11 o'clock. Who knows if the killer plans to strike tonight? Do you have an address? Oh, uh, yes. Uh, yes. Uh, oh, here it is. Good. Thank you, Don. You may have saved a man's life. Oh, wait. Uh, am I allowed to print any of this? No. We don't want the killer to change his pattern. But as soon as we have this fiend, I promise you, the story will be yours. Jeez, boss. Of all the bad luck... By the time we got to the address Don gave us, realized that Owen Bishop didn't live there anymore, found out his new address, and raced across town. Red Panda, it's a quarter to one. I hope we're not too late. Easy, Squirrel. I've got the lock open. Do you have your flashlight? Right here. Bishop moved right after the trial finished. It's bad luck, all right. But it doesn't mean the killer chose tonight to strike. <gasps> oh, no. What is it? Oh, boss, here in the kitchen. We're too late. Yes, Kit. He's dead. By the onset of rigor, I'd say he's been dead more than an hour. Boss, it's terrible. One more night and we'd have been on guard. Yes, Kit. But if we were unable to protect Owen Bishop, we can at least offer him some degree of vengeance. We can bring his murderer to justice. The Red Panda swears it. You are listening to the Red Panda Adventures from Dakota Ring Theater. Your address for adventure, mystery, and comedy. Extra, extra, read all about it. Hall and Ghost strikes again. Midnight Murder Spree claims fourth victim. Read all about it, only in this morning's Sentinel. Extra, extra, read all about it. I see the Sentinel got its exclusive. Oh, Red Panda. I didn't hear you two come in. Yes, we managed to beat out every paper in town with this special edition, thanks to your call. It's horrible. The publisher is slapping my back, and no one realizes that Owen Bishop's death was all my fault. Don't. Don't do that to yourself, Don. It's a hazard in our line of work. We try to help people, but sooner or later, we're not fast enough or strong enough or lucky enough. It's hard, but it happens. If only I'd realized that Bishop had moved when the trial ended. You might have been able to save him. Possibly. The coroner's preliminary examination supports my findings on the scene. Owen Bishop died half an hour before midnight. Before? Why would the killer deviate from his pattern like that? I don't know. Perhaps he was caught by surprise and had to act. In any case, if we'd had the right address, we'd still have been hard-pressed to get to him in time from the Sentinel office. I just wanted you to know that. You're very kind. More so than I deserve. 
I haven't been much help in your investigation yet. Oh, don't be silly. You've given us a pattern that'll help us catch this fiend. He's stepped up the pace of his attacks, and we'll have him soon. Just keep our theory under wraps for a few more days. I, I, I wanted to talk to you about that. I've been doing some thinking. Yes? I was thinking about your idea that the killer sat in the public galleries during the trial. I went over my notes, trying to think of people that were there most of the trial, and suddenly it struck me. Yes? Jake Holland. Will Holland's twin brother. He was in the public galleries almost every day. He steadfastly believed in his brother's innocence right to the very end. In spite of all the evidence? It's hard for a man to accept the possibility of such evil in one so close to him. Yes, and Jake never did accept it. He was frequently warned by the judge about his outbursts. In the end, he even stepped forward with an obviously fabricated alibi for Will. Fortunately, the jury saw through it. They didn't have to. The Crown Attorney proved that Jake was lying, and in the end, he was sentenced for perjury. Perjury? Yes. Two years less a day. His sentence was reduced for good behavior. He was released just two months ago. What? But that's only a few weeks before these murders started. That's right. I don't know why I hadn't seen it before. Where is Jake Holland now? His wife moved out of the city, bought a little store near Ancaster, a couple hours out of town. He joined her there upon his release. The thing is, the police really should question him. But if I give them this theory in any way other than in print, carefully worded, mind you... Then every other paper in town will get it at the same time. I hate to sound mercenary about this, but I think Jake Holland is a legitimate suspect. I... Just don't have enough to run a story without the theory about the killer sitting in the gallery. And I did promise. Yes, you did. I'd rather you let us look into this first, Don, but this is your theory, not mine. And you must do as you think best. I appreciate that, Red Panda. I hope Jake Holland is the guilty party. I hope this in some way makes up for last night. Excuse me. I'll have to hurry if I'm going to make the evening edition. He's being awfully hard on himself. He is, isn't he? I know that look. What look? That one. The one that says, there's something about this I don't like. For the moment, let's just call it my we-could-both-use-some-sleep face. There's something about this Jake Holland theory. I guess I am pretty tired. Careful. You'll stretch out your cowl yawning like that. Let's get out of here. I look forward to the evening edition of the Sentinel. Boss! Boss, are you in? Right here, Kit. I just got back from Ancaster. How's the car? Why do you suffer from the illusion that I can't drive? Professional pride. Answer the question. There's a small ding in the fender. It's nothing. Mm-hmm. Did you learn anything? I should have come up with a better cover story. Mrs. Holland was in no mood to talk to a reporter. Can you blame her? Don Garnet's story in the Sentinel practically convicted her husband. She was especially fond of Garnet. Said he'd been hounding her husband for an interview since the trial ended. Garnet told us he'd done multiple interviews with everyone involved in the story, but Jake Holland would have nothing to do with him. Don certainly painted a vivid picture in his article. I thought he was just trying to get the attention of the police. Well, he seems to have it, judging by the way they carted off Jake Holland for questioning. Did you learn anything downtown? Yes. I learned that however much your high society pals may disagree, policemen seem to think a lady chauffeur quite a catch. They certainly like a girl in uniform more than they do a wealthy young gadabout, which is why I sent you and drove myself to Ancaster. Oh, my poor boss. What else did you learn? 
Well, Jay Collins keeps to himself since he got out of the pen. The only alibi he has for any of the murders is his wife. And after his attempt to falsify an alibi for his brother and his subsequent conviction of perjury... Which were much trumpeted in the Sentinel. As you say. He could have been playing bridge with the Pope, the Prime Minister, and the Red Panda, and no one could believe him. They're charging him and building a case. You don't look that happy. I just don't know. Perjury is a serious crime, to be sure, but I'm not certain lying for the sake of a brother, even a sick man like Will Holland, is any proof of criminal disposition. And there was something about his wife. She didn't seem like the kind of woman to protect a murderer. Maybe she didn't know. That her husband was going out for four-hour drives in the middle of a night. Okay, check that. But it's hard to predict what a woman will do for a man. Mm, I'll take your word for it. Right. The police have a strong suspect. It's certainly a workable theory. They'll have the remaining jurors under guard until they think they have enough to convict Jake Holland for playing his twin brother's avenging spirit. Hmm. All's well that ends well? Perhaps. Yes, operator, the Daily Sentinel newspaper, please. What are you doing? Phoning Don Garnet. If nothing else, he did... Uh, good afternoon, Don Garnet, please. If nothing else, he did exactly as we asked. He provided important information. He checked before releasing material that could affect the investigation. He may very well have solved the case without much help from us. I may as well... Mr. Garnet! This is the Red Panda. I just called to offer my congratulations. I understand the police are proceeding with charges against Jake Holland. What's that? Oh, I don't know. I think you'll find that once the police lift their guard on the remaining jurors, the public will forget about this case as soon as they can. At any rate, Don, my thanks for everything you've done. You'll be hearing from us. Goodbye. That was very cordial. Thank you. What are you up to? Perhaps nothing at all, Kit. Perhaps nothing at all. Richard Maitland. Richard Maitland. The police have deserted you. And vengeance has come calling. What the... This is just a dummy seated here. What's this note pinned to it? What does it say? I know your secret. No. No, it can't be. But it is. No! Squirrel, get the lights. You got it, boss. No, please! Did you listen when your victims cried for mercy? Don Garnet? But the fifth juror, Maitland! Not here. The old man unexpectedly won a trip around the world. Right about the time the police gave up protecting the jurors? He'll be gone for months. Mannequins are so much easier to guard. I watched the stories fall from page one. I watched the headlines get smaller and smaller. Jake Holland's trial is months away. I knew if I was right, you'd never be able to wait. The Holland case was your obsession. It brought you to the top of your profession, and you'd do anything to stay there this time. <laughs> the top of my profession? The Holland case ruined me. Blazing headlines every day for months. Nothing else could ever be good enough. I poured everything into that story. It took over my life. Drove me away from the Sentinel, my family, everything. The Midnight Murderer owed me a second chance. Owed me, do you hear? And even once you'd had it, 
once you'd used your position, not to mention your connection with us, to push the police into arresting an innocent man for your brutal crimes, you were completely in the clear. But it still wasn't enough, was it? Did you yearn for even greater fame? Did you care at all how many would suffer? How many must die to satisfy you, Garnet? As many as it takes! The human face of the tragedy. A seemingly ordinary man who did unspeakable things through his own twisted logic. Those were your words, Garnet. You took four lives and you were ready to take more. And you'd have condemned an innocent man to prison or worse all in the name of a second chance for Dong Garnet. I've seen things you can't possibly imagine. Creatures whose greed and lust for power would make the devil blush. And I never saw you coming! What are you doing? You're going to confess. You're going to pick up that phone and call the police. You're going to tell them what you did and how you did it. You're going to give them that rope and every other bit of physical evidence you have. And do you know why? Why? Because I don't know what I'm going to do to you if you don't. Kit? Kit, are you here? Right here, boss. Well, he did it. The police have enough evidence to convict Garnet, and Jake Holland is a free man thanks to you. Thanks to me? Would have been hard to do without that confession, Kit. There were things that didn't sit right, like Garnet not having Owen Bishop's new address, even though he'd done multiple interviews with everyone involved, including jury members. Bishop had moved right after the trial ended, and... Garnet couldn't very well have interviewed him while the trial was ongoing. It could have been an honest mistake. Or he could have meant to send us on a wild goose chase while he raced across town to take his next victim. He needed that headline, even if it meant breaking his own pattern and killing Bishop before midnight. But without the confession... Takes a lot more than the vague suspicions of a masked vigilante to convict a man of murder. I shouldn't have reacted that way to Garnet. Kit, we caught him red-handed. It's not like there was a chance he was innocent. I don't just mean that. I mean... Oh, boss, maybe I'm not cut out for this. I really trusted Don Garnet. I should have seen... It's a hazard of our line of work. We try to help people, but sooner or later we're not fast enough or strong enough. Or lucky enough. It's hard, but it happens. Me, right? You're very quotable. And maybe the entire Justice Union should turn in their masks, because if you're not cut out for this, no one ever was. You can be pretty sweet sometimes. Thanks. And, uh, thanks for not saying I told you so. That whole week while we were guarding the mannequin, I was sure you were wrong. Well, I'm glad that I wasn't. What? Why? I'd already paid for a juror's trip around the world. I'd hate it to be for nothing. And so concludes another adventure of the Red Panda! 
This recording and the story, characters, and situations contained therein are the exclusive property of their creator and copyright holder, Greg Taylor, and are produced and distributed by Decoder Ring Theater through arrangement with him. These recordings may not be rebroadcast or redistributed by any means for any reason without express permission. Until next time, when Decoder Ring Theater brings you the further thrilling adventures of Canada's greatest superhero, this is Stephen Burley reminding you DecoderRingTheater.com is your address to adventure! The Red Panda Adventures, Episode 6, Death Danced at Midnight, was written and directed by Greg Taylor with original music by Andrea Lyons and featured the vocal talents of Gregory Z. Cook, Shannon Arnold, M. John Kennedy, Clarissa Nederlanden, and Greg Taylor. Until next time, for all of us here, good night. Hey everyone, it's Mark from Leap Audio. I'm here to tell you about something really exciting. July 24 through 26 of 2020, Halifax, Nova Scotia, we are gathering together in the world's first international modern audio drama convention and family reunion. Inspired in part by the living, loving memory of our dear friend Bill Hallwake, We're bringing together writers, producers, actors, and our fans for workshops, seminars, and even live performances. So join us, won't you? Go to madcon.com. That's www.mad-con.com for more information. I hope to see you in Halifax in 2020.